0: Welcome to the AWPT podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. Today I am joined by our amazing guest Taylor and today we are going to be talking about all things sales, selling, business. I find business seems to be the the thing that you guys all want to listen to. They seem to be our most listened to episodes. So today we're going to be spilling all of the tea. Um, but before we do, I would love Taylor to introduce herself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you love, all of that good stuff. Amazing. I'm
1: so excited to be here. Um, So a little bit about me. I'm an online coach and mentor to business owners scaling in the online space. So my zone of genius um, is really surrounding social media. So I studied social media at university. Um, I decided to drop out with like two subjects left to go because I started my business um, and just figured that I was really learning from actually being in the field more than studying about the thing. Um, So yeah, social media is my jam. I started doing social media mentoring training um, in person and then moved online mid last year Um, and then yeah I've just it kind of naturally progressed with what clients were kind of wanting to have conversations about where I understood business my um, I have a family business so I've always just been in business conversations and it naturally just progressed over time which was cool Um, but yeah now I work with clients privately I have programs courses masterclasses and my own podcast as well
0: amazing I'd love to know with social media sort of what I guess inspired you or brought you into that world enough to sort of want to study it at uni because my background's the same my background's in PR and journalism and and social media and it's definitely one of those things where it is an interesting one to study at uni because it is such a new space and Mm. like even you know, the people teaching about, I remember our first sort of lectures on social media were to do with like Facebook challenges and like the watermelon challenge with like the elastic band. We did like a whole lecture on that. And it's just like the landscape changes so much.
1: Yeah. That's what I found. It was always like progressing as well, like over a three-year degree, like what I learned in the first year didn't even apply in the third year. Um, yeah but in terms of like getting into it I always wanted to do something relative to business I always knew I wanted to be a business owner just seeing my dad doing it grow up like fuck working for someone else was kind of my vibe yeah. Um. but I always just kind of thought that you had to study and you had to get the piece of paper in order to move into entrepreneurship Um. and I was like doing the open days at university when I was in high school and I was like oh this is cool like it's a bit different from doing the generalized like bachelor of business. Um, So went more social media. And then I minored in like creative advertising. I took some psychology subjects because I just love the human brain, which now it's like progressed into what I've been learning with with shadow work and personal development and things like that. Um, So that's kind of how I fell into it. But yeah, I just really found at uni, it was always just like very strategy based. And like I had, I remember I was saying to a friend the other day, I had an entrepreneur class, entrepreneurial class at university. And I'm like, what the fuck did that even like yeah (laughs) not even relevant so um it it was just cool to witness like now I've just had both experiences of actually being a business owner and experiencing learning the things and I've absolutely learned so much and taken that on board for my business but yeah that's kind of how I fell into social media um yeah yeah, I just wanted to to build a business from it really
0: yeah so interesting and I feel like you can sort of see even with you and your like social presence, but also with your, you know, business and stuff like that, you can see how you've taken what you've learned through, you know, what you learned at uni through to the business and the way that you talk about business and sales and stuff like that. Even just you saying that, you know, you found the psychology aspect really interesting Mm -hmm. because you did a, you did a masterclass recently on like buying behaviors and stuff like that, didn't you? So you can sort of see how, that has transitioned into what you do now
1: yeah yeah exactly so um that's what I found was I ended up doing a program called buying behavior and I just wanted to bring in the piece around like consumer psychology when that we go to purchase something it's even as simple as when you go to the grocery store like you're typically going to pick out like the butter and the milk brands that your parents brought growing yeah. up like it, it's that kind of psychology that we don't really think of and um even something as well, like things I've learned from university, the perfect example is humans need to see things at least seven times is like one of the the fundamental rules I remember learning at university. So that's applied now for being a business owner in in social media too. People tend to like go and sell a program offer, whatever it might be. And they have a tantrum when no one's bought after three times selling, but like actual psychology, like we actually need to see things time and time and time again before that we even feel comfortable to buy.
0: A hundred percent. And I want to dive into that a little bit deeper today in terms of selling and um, buying behavior and stuff like that, because I think it's such a sticky topic for so many people. And like, you know, these days, I think we are getting a little bit more comfortable with talking about money to, a, to an extent, because I think we're more comfortable saying, oh, yeah, I want to make money and like, oh, yeah, I want to be like a six figure business owner or like, yes, I want to hit like a 10K month and stuff like that. But it's the small steps that it takes to get there, which we're still a little bit funny with. And I think those things that, you know, yeah, we that grind us a little bit are often sales and like taking I say this in quotation marks because I know you can't see me like taking people's money. Um, and stuff like that. Or yeah, when we are launching a program or launching a masterclass or whatever it is, doing stuff like that where you like put it out there and you've got this like amazing graphics and you're like, oh yeah, the branding is so on point, but there's some kind of block around, oh, how many times do I want to like post about this? I don't want to spam people, like even in a social media strategy, how often should I be selling versus giving people free value? All of that kind of stuff still feels a little bit sticky for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, of course. And like, I knew all of the things, right. And like, I went to universe, like I, I knew the sales psychology and like selling things multiple times, but even still, like we are actually humans. And I think that's what a lot of people miss when it comes to business, which like, I always have the human first approach when it comes to strategy. Like I'm such a big advocate for strategy and intentionality with business and not just like fucking throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks when it comes to yep. selling as an example. um. But I think the biggest piece is like the actual like human mindset behind selling. And what Mm -hmm. I would say is the biggest thing with um, blocks and resistance that I see my clients come up against, and I've had the same and navigated my way through this is actually the conditioning around selling, right? So a perfect example is like you go through um, the like, like your shopping center, like your your mall or plaza or whatever you you call it. And there's like those people in like the center. And how much do we fucking avoid them when we know that they're going to come at us? With their sales like techniques, right? Like, we're repulsed by like the neediness of people like (laughs) wanting sales. So, yeah, of course, when we see that, like, we don't want to be that on our Instagram selling our offer because we fucking see ourselves as like the sleazy car salesman that like follows you around and calls you up 17 times. (laughs) It's like actually just seeing that was like a huge thing that shifted so much for me, where it's actually our conditioning, right? And then to expand on what you said with money. You look at a Disney movie and it's always you take from the poor and give to the rich. Like it was always that rich are taking from the poor. So when you combine those two together, when you go to sell an offer and you've got all this conditioning and all these beliefs that you've been programmed with your entire life, like, of course, it makes sense that it feels fucking icky and sticky to sell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good analogy. Even I never really think about the the people like outside Woolies that are trying to like, and it's often like for charity and stuff as well, but you're like, Oh no, please like, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say no. Like, and you, yeah, you don't want to be those kind of people. Cause we're told like they're awful. We don't want mm. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like what, I guess, what are some other things that you see? Do you think it's, when it comes to the conditioning do you think it's the the rich taking from the poor or do you think it's people's like relationship with with money what are some other things that you're seeing that are coming up as as blocks for people when it comes to selling because i think too and you know the awpt podcast is is big for coaches and trainers and stuff like that so we're selling ourselves which mm. i think is even harder sometimes because it's easier to like hide behind a product and be like oh well this is external to me i really believe in this product like it's good quality etc etc whereas when you have to sell yourself you're putting a value on yourself and your services which i think potentially is often where the the block lies Mm, totally i get what you mean and like i i
1: fully get that as well being a coach um and I would say too like this is always going to look so different for everyone. It's getting curious about like what stories are beneath something. So what are you actually making it mean about yourself when that you're selling consistently on your stories for 5 days straight? Is it like you're being the annoying one? What do you make it mean about yourself if that no one buys your service that, you know, is actually you? Like this is where as well we go a layer deeper into like your your wounding and like childhood traumas and things like that. Like it actually truly is that deep where if you have a deep underlying fear of rejection, abandonment, things like that, that's what you're being initiated with every time you're selling your offer. So it feels yeah. like you're like it, it's this huge energetic thing to fucking sell your online coaching because there's so much um underlying there. So I truly believe it's all actually around awareness. I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's so true, this, this, and this. And they want like the hacks and like, Taylor, what's the three-step process to, you know, dissolve the blocks or whatever it might be. But it's all around awareness. And one of my mentors said this before, she was like, once you have the awareness, it dissolves like fairy floss. And I was like, so true. Like when you actually see the thing and you understand why and you can meet yourself with compassion, it's like, I understand when I get curious with myself why is there resistance to sell? I think so many people don't want to give things more than 10 seconds thought. It's just, oh, well, selling feels uncomfortable. So like they they dust their hands and call it a day. When it's like, yeah. what would it look like to play the with the idea of why? Why does it make you yeah. uncomfortable? You know, like, oh, because I'm gonna be seen to be annoying. I don't want my partner's mom to see me selling my offer and like that's clogging her Instagram feed. Like I think we always just like make it 10 layers deeper when discernment yeah. really needs to be accessed right like I used to think I was being annoying firstly there was a piece for me where it was like okay why do you have um a bad relationship with taking up space or oh, when you took up space when you were younger you were um you know seen and people could make fun of you or whatever the thing might be so there was firstly the stories there but secondly I wanted to protect people I didn't want to like take up their time like I grew up with a dad who was like very busy, busy in business so I wanted to come to him with important things, right? And whilst he was always fucking there to listen, like, yeah. I, I it was important for me to like come with important things. So I'm like, oh, they might not think it's important, but like, they can unfollow you or mute you, you know? Yeah. and Your dream clients fucking love seeing your little bubble that comes up on Instagram. Like anyone listening right now, like mm-hmm. think back to when that you like go on Instagram and you see certain people and they've got a bubble again. Like, like fucking oath, I want to see what they have to say. Yeah. So it's gonna be the same. Your dream clients are gonna be magnetized to you but for as long as you play in the energy of like just not going one way or the other like you you need to actually repel in order to magnetize you know so without repelling you're not magnetizing clients either
0: I love that I love 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 that I think you're so right in that we need to dig a little deeper into why things feel uncomfortable like I mean the first step obviously is recognizing that things feel uncomfortable. But there's also the two ends of the spectrum too. It's like, what is your relationship like with being sold to? And then what? how does that project into the way that you sell to others mm. as well? But I think too, even sort of touching on what you said earlier about understanding consumer psychology and stuff like that helps you with that relationship with selling. Because if you know that, first of all, you believe in your product and you believe in your service and you want people to buy it. Okay, cool. That's step one. But even I think understanding that people need to see you a certain amount of times in order to buy from you, then you're going to be like, well, I need to give them something to see at least seven times. So I can't only be posting once a week because they're not going to come to me for like three months. (laughs) Um, And two, knowing that in order to sell, people need to like, like, know and trust you. And so you need to give them an opportunity to like, know and trust you, which means you need to be giving parts of yourself to your clients and to your consumers. And so, you know, yes, it it's about finding a balance between, you know, free value and selling and giving people like a bit of an insight into your personal life and into your branding and stuff like that, but understanding what a consumer needs as well to like, know, and trust you kind of, I think can help you push away some of those barriers about like feeling annoying by giving them content because you are like, well, they want this, they need this. It's a win-win. Totally. It's like firstly looking at like, well, what evidence do you actually have to support the fact that you are
1: being annoying? Like Yeah, witnessing the projection where like you said it's like maybe that's your own relationship with how people sell to you where like you can't access discernment to say no to someone you know like that's the way I see it when I walk past the quote-unquote annoying people at the shopping center they can be annoying or I can just say no I'm good and they don't respond to me you know so it's like that energy um the other thing that I want to speak to as well is is like the integrity conversation right where I truly believe like some people it's like do you actually believe, you know, in your product? And it's like, you're Mm -hmm. so embodied in what you're selling or even just like the coach you are and things like that. Or is it that you're fully outsourcing your power, letting your audience validate that your product is good by buying it as well? So that was a Mm. huge thing that shifted for me is now once upon a time, I fully was there where I'm like, if people don't buy it, it means that my product's not good or it doesn't like I was outsourcing my power to people buying. where now I'm just like, what I have to say is fucking fire. Like my program's great. Like my coaching is great. Like it's great for the human that's meant for me where, and I'm actually embodied in all of the things I'm teaching rather than outsourcing my power for people to validate that mm-hmm. it's good. So yeah, I think the integrity conversation is also another important thing where if you're selling, I'm just going to speak to the PT realm yeah, as an example. Perfect. If you're um selling I don't know, a program on like food, right? Like nutrition, something along those lines and um, creating a good relationship with food. Yet, like you still have shit that comes up for you with food and like you're still navigating a lot with it. Well, of course, it's not going to feel clean for you to want to sell that product as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not to say like humans were not perfect. So it's not to say that you've got to wait fucking 10 years down the track until like you've had a solid relationship with food for a decade. It's about actually being embodied and checking that integrity of like, well, do you actually feel comfortable even selling the product? And then it's convenient to project and blame your clients um, and and clients that aren't buying as well.
0: Yeah. I think um, you did a masterclass. I want to say it was end of last year um, and you were sort of using the analogy even of, well, not again, like outsourcing your power to, to your clients, but um, what was it? You were talking about how, when we do a call, we get on a discovery call with people and then like you go away and you, you decide that you want to think, and then, you know, something happens in your life and like, I don't know, something in your personal relationships happen, but then you've got this coach who's done the discovery call that's like hounding you and being like, oh, like, have you paid the deposit yet? Like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, just Mm. checking to see how you feel. And so it's recognizing too, I think, how you like to be sold, not even just sold to, but how you like to have your relationships sort of fostered with your mentors and like how you like to behave in a as a client in a container and how you want your mentor or your coach to behave with you. And I think again, then acting in integrity with that can make you feel a lot more comfortable because you know that like you're doing what you would want to receive in if the roles were reversed. Yeah, totally. Totally. And
1: like, I'm so passionate about this conversation of like, yeah, for my spaces, I desire self-led humans, right? So you might be a PT listening to this. Do you desire having clients where you have to follow them up every single day to put in their training that they did, to put in like the food that they ate, to like, you know, send their progress photos, whatever it might be. Or do you want humans that like fucking come to you and you check their progress and you're like, sweet, they've got all their things in there, right? There's two very different like archetypes of people in that. Mm -hmm. So for me, when that I'm selling as well I don't interrupt people's process because I just trust that people that are going to come into my space are self-led human beings that are adults and being a business coach like I'm not holding your hand the entire way. I actually trust yeah. all of my clients that are in my spaces can build very successful businesses. Some of them have and it's their second business and they did it without me. It's not creating that codependency. So even like the, the from the minute you start selling, you're creating the standard of what the container is going to look like with the client. So yeah, I'm never interrupting people's processes and I just trust like if they want to come, they're going to come. I've had some people reach out and then two months later, they're like, hey, now's the time, you know? But it's because I wasn't pestering them and I wasn't like interrupting their process that they needed to go through. Because then too, if you interrupt their process, they could typically project on you to like the um, results of the container. So if you're, call it a PT and you're like, yeah. you can get these results following them up like every two weeks and you're like, you could have lost this amount of weight by now, like whatever it might be. I'm just yeah. like grossly exaggerating things. Yeah. Um, But then it's like, it gets to be a thing where that they get to outsource the responsibility onto you as the coach or, or the seller, if you will, because you fully took the responsibility away from them and took the power away from them in their buying process too.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think it happens a lot when, you know, when we're going through the discovery call process and then trying to like follow people up and we're creating this sort of anxious attachment style Mm. and it's initially coming from us as the coach being like anxiously following people up. And then I think often that will then, like swap where the client then has a really anxious attachment style with you because you're the one that, you know, established it to begin with. And yeah. then that's really annoying <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. And like what happens with like, um, the, I literally was doing a
1: call on this yesterday, which is so funny that you brought up the attachment mm-hmm. styles, like when you look at um, a romantic relationship, right? There's typically, even if you can have a secure relationship, there's typically one attachment style that you're going to lean more towards, right? Like I know my go-to, like if I'm to lean to one is more anxiously attached, right? And yeah. like, I would say that my partner would probably be more of an avoidant, right?
0: Yeah.
1: If that we're like not in our secure in our relationship. So the same thing's going to happen when you as a coach, if you're being anxiously attached and you're leaning in, it's actually naturally going to create the other person to lean out. Like it's actually... I'm trying to envision like something that sways like that to give like to explain it to people because I've got my my hands up right now on the zoom (laughs) Um, but yeah it's like it's naturally going to um cause people to lean out which is like neediness is the number one human repellent I believe like yeah when you think of if you're ever on tinder or something and like someone's following you up like and they fucking message three times you're like oh like like kind of like play a little bit hard to get, right? Like that's what we desire as humans. Like that's what creates our curiosity and our desire for things. So it's like playing with the idea of that in your selling as well, where I don't need any clients. I'm like just cruising, doing my thing. And that's not to say I don't show gratitude for people. That's not to say I'm ungrateful when people sign up. It's not to say I'm not interested, but I'm very secure and I fully just trust the process. And it's like actually having a generous assumption of your audience and prospect clients
0: they're going to lean in
1: when the time's right.
0: 100%. I also think it comes down to um, not even necessarily your branding, but the the type of coach or the type of business that you want to be running. Like if you're, you know, if you're selling more higher ticket offers and you're a bit more exclusive, then that's going to attract people that want that sort of style of coaching or mentorship or whatever it is. Um, And that is sort of your whole business model is embodied in that, both, as I said, like with the prices, with the availability of the services, with the availability of your time, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, other people that maybe their model is a bit more like, oh, I'm like the everyman's kind of um, coach. And like, I'm like everyone's bestie and like all of that kind of stuff. And that's going to be a slightly different branding and your business and your model and all of that kind of stuff can reflect that too. So it's having a think about, okay, well, where do I want my business to be, I guess, like positioned? Either way, you shouldn't be like chasing and screaming and like crawling after your clients, but it's being, as you said, like in integrity with the kind of coach and the kind of person and the business that you want to have. And then thinking about how your sales systems and your automations and all of that kind of stuff can reflect that core pillar of who you want to be. Totally.
1: I think it's so important for people to remember when like, you know, if you're listening to a podcast, you watch a program, whatever it is on like sales or growing your business, like you get to do it differently and that's going to look differently for you. So potentially for you listening, like cold DMing people might actually feel really fucking good for you. And that's actually perfect. Where for me, it gives me the ick, but that's not saying that's what one's more superior. So it's really figuring out like okay how do i want to do business what like makes sense for me my brand like and also scaling like mm-hmm. i don't see my business as like a thing that i can scale when i have to like message 10 people a day you know yeah. so then like you said it's creating systems procedures um and like boundaries around that for your business so it can actually support you in that so it's not going to make sense for me to have I don't know, like links and things like that where my clients can't go through a self-led process if I'm wanting them to be self-led and reach out for links and things like that. So the minute someone reaches out, if that they're like wanting to go, I'm like, cool, here's the link. Let me know once you're in and I'll be back to celebrate you because that's another piece too. When it comes to selling, I don't validate people until they've actually bought in. Like I'm not stroking your ego until you're actually in. Um, My clients as well, this is like another interesting thing just to add. I have a process around um, my sales with like one-to-one containers that they have 48 hours to secure their deposit. And I also preface that in the application link. The reason being this ties into the anxious attachment, the follow-ups, I'm not going to follow you up. So if I haven't heard from you in 48 hours and you haven't bought in, you're not in. And that's perfect, you know? So that's like another cool thing that I have within my systems and procedures. So people know, cool, we have got 48 hours. I'll let you know when once I'm in. They've got like follow-up pages and things like that. They know where to go from there. And then I'll be like in communication with them. So it's really just creating systems and procedures that support your business. And with all the clients I have, like everyone's looks different and that's perfect.
0: Yeah. And is that something that you did right from the beginning? Because I think one of the things that comes up for a lot of people is oh well like I don't have people reaching out to me like when they're first starting out like I don't have people reaching out to me yet I need to sort of like reach out to other people how would you go about I suppose selling or putting yourself out there as a coach in that kind of context yeah
1: I fucking love that question I would say um answer your first part to that question it was something that I always did that's like refined and elevated as I've grown um Mm. but for me I think there's a lot of lessons in witnessing how you buy things what you enjoyed with your buying experience so when I first signed with my mentor she had the thing around the 48 hours um I think she didn't preface it in the application though so I was like cool I want to add it in my I want to preface it in the application but like that's a fucking great idea like I think too many people just go through the processes without bringing awareness to what they did. We can learn so much from people around us. You don't necessarily need to just go straight into a sales program to learn those things. Um, But to tie into the second part of your question, I would say it gets to be a thing of like, I don't know if you um, are offering freebies or like, you know, you have a podcast or things like that, where you are providing a lot of free value at the start of business, do a giveaway on like, calls, things like that where you can actually start building up like your credibility, your experience, your testimonials. Once that starts to build, people are then going to come in. So it's not creating the standard that that's how you get clients. It's just the part of like, okay, I'm going to meet myself where I'm at. You know, Mm -hmm. if I want to get some coaching hours, I want to get some experience. I'm going to put it out to people and then trust that it's going to push forward. A perfect example is um, if you were to do a masterclass, how can you do a giveaway of like you're going to give away three free one-on-one coaching calls if that you share it to your stories. So you're also reaping benefits of it being pushed out to people. So it's just playing smart with that, but not setting the standard of that's how you do business, I would say.
0: Yeah, fair. I also think too, selling is a skill as Mm. much as anything. And so giving yourself as many opportunities, even in the early stages to practice that process, it's kind of just like, the art of dating and stuff like that. Like it it can be nerve wracking talking to strangers and then feeling like, Oh, at what point do I like bring up my service and bring up my costs and all of that kind of stuff. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you can become with that process and with those conversations. Cause I think, I mean, people do study it like, and people do make careers out of salesmanship and all of that kind of stuff. So there is, I think, a skill there that you can practice just like anything else. If you're not great at it to begin with, that doesn't mean that you won't ever be, you know, passionate about selling. And even if it doesn't become like your passion and your most favourite part of your business, it is somewhat necessary as a business owner to be able to sell your service if you want to make money. Um, But, yeah, it's how do you practice that skill? and doing things like that, or I think are a great opportunity to do so. Totally. And even just like looking at like your mindset with,
1: you know what, this week I'm going to play around with different ways that I like to sell. Like one day I'm going to get on my Instagram mm-hmm. live, I'm going to sell my program. The next day I'm going to go through like more of a storytelling process. The next day I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Like just playing around and finding your way of selling and it's going to look different mm-hmm. and it's always going to evolve. Um, But something I heard in what you're saying that I would definitely want to speak to when it comes to selling is, I'm such a huge advocate for transparency when selling. So yeah. um, this almost like ties into our condition conditioning around like the sleaziness of selling yeah. um, is a perfect example is like, I don't know if you've like, or anyone listening has walked into a designer store before and you're like, looking at like a handbag you're looking at some sunglasses like you pick them up and you're like where the fuck's the price tag right like yeah, you're just yeah. going <laughs> on like your little you're going on like a little dawdle like you don't want the person following you you don't want to ask them because you're like I'm probably not going to buy them I actually just want to look at how much these sunglasses yeah. are yeah and the price tags nowhere to be found right like yeah it interrupts our process and for me it just creates so much resistance where I'm like well fuck like I might have brought them if that I liked them but like oh like yeah. so yeah. that's why I think it's so important where I've just seen it so much in terms of like what when people have come from the, the bro marketing side of things is like you get them on a sales call and then you don't leave them you, you don't let them like hang up the sales call until they buy yeah. in and then that's when you drop the price on them. And it's like that creates a so much resistance for people to even get on the sales call and B it it evokes like their whole human process, right? So say they get on a call for you as a, an online PT and then you drop the price and it was double what they thought they're naturally going to feel a lot of shame. They're going to feel like, I just fucking wasted this person's time. I had no idea, like, right. And it's going to create resistance to buy in where for me, it feels so good that if people reach out for one-to-one coaching, if people, you know, want to sign up for a program, they're clicking the links, they're clicking the link and they know the price, you know, so I think that's a really cool thing to add in when it comes to selling is it's also going to feel sleazy and you're probably going to have resistance if it feels like you're hiding something as well Mm -hmm. so it's like for me I that was a huge thing and I did from the start where again looking at my own consumer buying process I'm like just tell me the fucking price of the program like I'm going to find out anyway so just tell me and I can have my process now and literally ties into that piece around like selling things multiple times like if I can just see it I'm like cool it's that price that price like it's normalizing things in my body and I never fucking buy anything the first second third tenth time I see it like as a consumer yeah. I'm the person that buys things on the last day so I think that's another cool thing for people to note where how do you actually buy things and you're expecting your audience to buy things instantly when you don't even buy things instantly where I trust like can yeah. move in on the last day the fucking two weeks after the program's done like yeah I, again trust people's process
0: yeah that's so true and I'm exactly the same when it comes to getting on sales calls and stuff like that and I think Because I understand like a bit of the process of selling and like, oh, okay. So I can tell that they're trying to like develop a relationship with me now. And And I'm like, just tell me the price. Like I know what you're doing, but in order for me to make a decision, I need to know what the price is to see if I'm comfortable with that and see if that's within my budget and stuff like that. So it's all very well and good for you to be like telling me about your services. Like, I know they're good. That's why I'm on the call, (laughs) but I want to know if I can afford it. Um, Exactly. And I think, again, depending on, yeah, like if you have that relationship with how you like to be sold to, I think, as you said, it takes away from that sleaziness. If you're trying to then go down the opposite end of the spectrum when you're selling, because it doesn't feel congruent at all with you and your like level of integrity and stuff like that. Um, I think too, what you said about how, yeah, how you like to be sold to, or even not even necessarily how you like to be sold to, but just how you buy. Um, I think it was a TikTok, to be fair. (laughs) Most of my stuff is these days. Um, That was talking about buying behavior and like marketing and social media and stuff like that and how people buy and was talking about, you know, being sold to on Instagram or, or whatever it is versus email marketing. And they were like, I would so much rather be sent an email with like the links and the sales and stuff like that and just have that in my inbox so that I can just like click and I know what I'm seeing when I'm going into my inbox rather than having it like disrupted on my Instagram feed and and whatever. And I was like, that's so true. I do the same thing. Like I would rather have the sales come to me via email than like have it clog up my social media feed. And that then changed the way that I choose to sell on my social media or on my email marketing and stuff like that. And that's not to say that other people wouldn't be the complete opposite, but it's just having a think about, okay, well, how do I like to buy? Would my ideal clients probably feel the same way? Probably, because often I think our ideal clients were ex- like a reflection of ourselves, <laughs> um, like a couple steps back in the process. But yeah, thinking about that psychology behind buying is so clever.
1: Yeah, I agree. And even too, I've said this to clients where, Every time we sell, it doesn't necessarily need to look like um, selling the logistics of the program, Mm -hmm. right? I truly believe like, I'm not going to buy into a program just because it has one more call or just because it has worksheets or just because it has X, Y, and Z. Um, Again, it's coming down to the self-led thing. As long as I clearly have a spot where people can find that information, like Mm -hmm. when I launch all the info is there and then it's highlighted, then it's on my website, then it's like on my email marketing when I sell it, right? But for me, the way in which I like to sell, and this is similar to you, I feel where I'm like, I'll be constantly bringing awareness to it, right? So if there's a conversation, for example, I have a program at the moment um, called Rule Breaker that's all about social media. Like if I'm bringing in an example of social media, I'll be like, blah, 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 a conversation we're having in Rule Breaker. So it's just like tying in conversations, bringing awareness. If people want the link, I might just have one link on there, but I'm not going to be like... Module one is da-da-da, da-da-da. Like yeah. <laughs> they don't care. And if they want to find out more, I trust that they can go to my highlights website, wherever it might be to find that. So I think that's cool too, where selling it always doesn't have to look like you're just on and you're like, don't forget about this thing. Bang, 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 bang. Like you can be creative mm-hmm. and have your own spin on
0: it. A hundred percent. And I think with service-based business and coaching um, services, m- as we've talked about, you're selling yourself as much as you're selling the service that you're you know providing whether that's pt nutrition you know business whatever it is and so just being like showing up as yourself and showing up as you know oh i went to the gym today and showing that you like act in integrity with you know the services that you're selling or like oh look at this like healthy meal i'm having or other end of the spectrum look I'm a coach but I'm also going out to dinner and drinks with friends that is still subtly selling because you're showing people what they're buying when they buy you you're showing them your personality you're showing them your values all of that kind of stuff and even if it's not oh here is the link to my program people are still being one reminded of you but two yeah as I said knowing what they're buying into because they're buying into you yeah exactly my mentor said this
1: to me once she said because she's like so good at selling just like consistently and I was like what Mm -hmm. what is that and she was like I'm committed to either selling a program or offer or an embodiment of myself meaning Mm -hmm. that like if it's her dancing on her stories or like whatever it might be and when I think to like coaches and mentors that I've bought into it's never been from the logistics or it's never been from them selling that thing like oh, she's got a program around selling Oh, she's got a program around shadow work. She's got a program about whatever it might be. It's about like seeing the behind the scenes of their life that fucking converts me. Like that's what's the thing. Like my mentor that I work with now, like it was her running, it was her dancing. It was her doing ice baths. So like, cool, you're going to fucking push me to my edges. Like just by like seeing the human that she was. So I think that's really important too, where whilst I'm all for treating your business like a business, when you are building a business off the human you are, that's like the personal branding side of it, right? Where it's actually showing that to your audience. Um, but in like a really clean way, it, it's not to say that it needs to be like every time you go through hardship or every time that like you fucking go out for dinner with your boyfriend, then it needs to be on your story. Um, yeah, But it's just showing that in a really clean way that it's like
0: highlighting to your audience the human you are. A hundred percent. Um, Before we, I suppose, wrap up this conversation, um, and I know we said that we didn't want to, I guess, give like little short hacks and like shortcuts and stuff like that. But what would you say is the biggest mistake that you see people or clients make when it comes to selling their services?
1: Yeah, I like this question. I would say trying to duplicate other people's sales strategies or or what that they're doing or how that they're selling things. And like, I've definitely got caught in this where you can see people, it's like, oh my God, they've got offers popping off. Like it must've been the way they sold it when in actual fact, they were an integral human being that was just being their word. There was like so many other contributing factors. So I would say really that, like not just trying to slap on a strategy onto something. And the reason being for that is like, There's the fucking mindset work. There's the beliefs. There's like the things like that, the actual integrity, congruency, and things beneath it that actually are the things that make the difference. So I would say, yeah, the number one mistake is trying to take other people's strategy or a strategy off Google and slap it onto your business when your mindset's actually cooked and you don't even have awareness that it's cooked in like the most loving way. Like (laughs) I, I would say I would say that. And it's just like actually getting curious in terms of like a tangible step then for people listening. Like I would say actually getting curious about what you believe about selling, getting curious about like um, how you think people are going to perceive you when you sell, like actually just playing with some curiosity of like, why is there resistance? Oh my God, I fucking think I'm going to be like this. Just really, yeah, the curiosity and then unpacking that. And um, that's why I fucking love having a coach. Like yeah, <laughs> even if it's like a, a one-on-one strategy call and being like, okay, this is what I believe, what the fuck, you know? And, and yeah. how can I create um some kind of structure for myself to actually build um like your own sales strategy or intentionality i would
0: say that's all strategy is is intentionality yeah. that works for me and my business i love that i think that's such good homework for everybody is yeah. whip out your journal and have a think about okay how do i feel about money how do i feel about being sold to what are the things that give me the ick when it comes to selling why Where do I think that came from? Um, I might even put a bunch of questions in the show notes of this episode for some little journal prompts that people can do Um, because I think that's, yeah, so, so important. And from there, how can I take what I know and how I feel about, you know, business and selling and sales and all of that kind of stuff? and mindset and how can i translate that and play around with how i might actually like to do something because it's all got well and good to know what you don't like but yeah as we've talked about practicing and just having fun and playing around at the starting phases of your business of what works and what doesn't um i think is so great as well
1: yeah i love that and it's the part of just like clocking it like because then you've got the awareness from the journal prompts it's you go to sell and it's like Oh I I I don't want to and it's like oh it's because of that thing so you you naturally will just dissolve it once you do it time and time again I no longer feel like I'm annoying now where I felt like that you know so it's just like actually creating evidence that it's safe to do something um mm-hmm. is just going to change so much and for people that are going to do journal prompts or like sitting down and getting curious actually being in your ego like don't try and do the conscious thing of like of course logically especially after listening to this you're going to be like oh well there's that thing like don't do the conscious thing like actually just be so fucking honest with yourself and it's like I feel annoying as fuck like and actually be so brutal what's your relationship when people sell to you I fucking hate them I make this mean something whatever it might be because that's where your actual fucking truth is and that's where the work and the magic is is once you actually see that yeah
0: a hundred percent because as you said I think a lot of the time objectively and consciously we know these things but if you know subconsciously or deep down we have certain beliefs the the rationality means nothing (laughs) yeah um which yeah is I think often where the money blocks and the the ickiness lies is because we've been conditioned that way which is understandable and we've got to give ourselves some grace and compassion there um But yeah, the rationality, like, okay, well, that does nothing if I have this deep down belief.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and on a conscious, like, if you use money as an example, on a conscious level, everyone's going to be like, of course, I want more money. But like, if you actually look deeper and like, tap into your ego, and it's like, oh, well, I'm always giving the finger to people in a Mercedes when they cut me off. And like, I fucking make those people wrong, because you shouldn't have Mm -hmm. problems, because you're rich. Like, yeah, well, then you actually don't have a good relationship with money, you know? So it's like consciously you think you want more, but unconsciously, of course, you don't want to be the person that you are fucking resenting and hating. Yeah. hundred um,
0: percent. Is there anything else that you think we might have missed in this conversation that we want to touch on before we head off? Are you doing any, what are your programs? You talked about Rule Breaker. Do you want to touch on anything else that you've got coming up for you?
1: Yeah. So I feel like we've covered like all faces that I can kind of like think of at the moment. I feel like we kind of just like prodded in a few different areas, which is cool just to like yeah. like provoke people. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's like feels complete on my end. But in terms of like what I've got going on at the moment, I have um, a social media program called Rule Breakout at the moment, um, which I'm just loving. I, it's basically like me fully flipping the script on everything I learned to uni and just I fully reverse engineered um what actually has really led to like my fast success in business from social media um and then I've also got some other programs coming out in the future um one of which I'll be rerunning again which is um called Ascend and it's all the foundations that you need um for building your online business and scaling your online business as well so I think that'll be of benefit but There's a few things in the works um, which are just a bit under wraps at the moment. But if you're on my Instagram or email list, like you're hearing all the tea.
0: Perfect. And I'll have all of your links in the show notes for today. Anyway, so if you did enjoy this conversation, um, you can head over to Taylor's accounts and continue listening to all the incredible things that she has to say over there. But otherwise, team, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the AWPT podcast. I will be in your ears next week. And for now, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.